Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Inside Boxing Live. I am Dan Canobio. He is the former world champion, Chris Algieri. How are you, my friend? You're in sunny Florida. What part of Florida are you in right now? Not the docks. I am. I am in Plant City, just out of outside of Tampa. Here at Pro Box TV, we got fights tonight, so nice. I'm doing good. Working a lot. Yeah, a lot of fights. I'm, I'll be on the call for a Boxing Insider show Thursday night. Uh, it's free on YouTube. I'm on the call. Chris is doing a lot of different uh, broadcast work. We're busy. We're very we're heading to Chicago this weekend for a NASCAR event. Uh, they're racing mm. NASCARs through the streets of Chicago. Uh, Sounds don't, dangerous. It does. Chicago's already dangerous enough, so now we're going to add some NASCARs into the uh, fold. So a lot going on this week. Um can you believe, though, Chris, it is, we're midway through the year. It is almost July 1st, which is the midway point of 2023 or, or any year for, for that matter. Is it? One, two, three, for most four, years. five, <laughs> I think that's past the halfway point. We're past the halfway point? No, we're right at the halfway point. We're so, July 1st is not the halfway. It is. Is it? Whatever. That's the show we're doing. That's what we prepared for. <laughs> this is the 2023 Mid-Year Award Show. We opened it up to the fans. They Thank you uh, to all the listeners that voted. We're going to go through it, Chris. We're going to go through all the different awards. Uh, you know the awards. And let's start it off with Knockout of the Year. When I say year, the first six months of this year. There are so many to choose from. Uh, Junto Nakatani comes to mind for me when he just erased uh, Andrew Maloney, one of the best one-punch knockouts for CL year. Brian Mendoza's, I feel like, was very significant because that was an upset and he beat Fundora. There were some uh, great ones on there. I'm, I think I'm going to go with Junto Nakatani's uh, one-punch knockout of Andrew Maloney, which was just picturesque. Type of knockout. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to pick that one. That's 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 probably gonna end up being knockout of the year. If we have another knockout like that, you know, before the end of the year, that would be insane uh, for knockouts in a year. But yeah, that, that that knockout is one of the most crippling, nasty knockouts you're ever gonna see. Um, and a great fight too. Junto Nakatani was I mean, he looked exceptional against a very, very tough Maloney. And Maloney came in there. He was he was coming there in there to win and be a his brother had just won a world title a couple weeks before. He had a lot of motivation. His twin brother, let me let me add, um, had just won. So there was a lot riding on that line for Maloney. He was fighting to the bitter end. And Nakatani put on an incredible performance, was was outclassing Maloney throughout. And man, the way he ended that with that overhand left, oof. Nasty. Just crumbled. I was there that night. I was I was ringside. I remember going and seeing Maloney and uh Afterwards, uh, sitting in a stretcher holding his son. Thank God he was he was okay. Yeah, he's one of the nicer guys. Like um, you know, I've met him and his brother, and and uh, with top rank, and they're just good dudes. And that that was very very tough to watch. Like the the, the yeah, knockout, scary. Like, yeah, scary. And like because he was taking a pretty sustained uh, one way traffic. He was getting beat beaten pretty good in that one, and then it ended uh, with an exclamation point. I mean, that's what our that's what the viewers think. Thirty two percent. Uh, voted Nakatani, so he is the half-year award winner for, for Knockout of the Year. Gabe Flores, uh, K over Derek Finley, and then uh, Luis Alberto Lopez had a nice uh, stoppage of Mick Conlon in, in a title fight. Uh, those are some good ones. This next award is very interesting, Chris. This is moment of the year. There's been a lot of great moments this year. We're talking about a year where we had uh, Tank Garcia, a year where we had, I'm going through the months, like Better BF Yard, uh, Serrano Cruz, uh, Benavidez Plant, Tank Ryan again, uh, Joyce and Zhang. Uh, we saw Joshua come back, Haney Lomo. We saw Taylor Tiafimo. Big fights being made, great momentum. Moment of the year, according to our Viewers at home, 
56% voted when Spence Crawford got announced. And that's interesting, right? Because like, I feel like everyone was like, I don't care when this fight gets announced. Once they're in the ring is when I'll be excited. But that just goes to show you, once those two guys went face-to-face and once that, that fight got announced, people were fired up, 56%. It's not my moment of the year, but it's the fans' vote moment of the year. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's that's a good moment because it really is a moment. It's not an event, right? If, if it was an event of the year, obviously that wouldn't that wouldn't fall into place. But yeah, moment. I, I think like, you know, the 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 Canelo going to PBC was a big moment. That was in that's not too. really an event, you know, but that, that that's another that's another one of those moments that you think about. Like, wow, that's a, that's a huge deal for what's coming down the, down the pike. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the Spence, Spence Crawford being announced, like we, we, like we said, everyone who's not happy about that fight, that wasn't happening or whatever, as we get closer, they're going to be extremely, extremely happy about that fight. I know I am, I've been very pessimistic about this matchup for so long, but I am thoroughly excited for, you know, what's coming from now until then. Plus we're going, we're, we're going, we're going, we're there, we're there. We're We're going. So being a fight week on that is going to be pretty awesome. Um, getting a, a very healthy 13%. The Inside Boxing Live New York City pre-fight party. That's my I mean, that moment was, there. I mean, that was an event, but also it was a moment because it was our first. That's yes. my winner because yeah, I had a blast. I got to meet uh, Dimitri Bivol. I got to hang out with with my guy Zhang, Big Bang Zhang. Um, I got to watch him lose a thumb wrestling contest. That Topic. was pretty, pretty <laughs> That might be epic. actually, I need to redo this. That might be moment of the year. <laughs> Panic Zhang thumb wrestle at the Inside Boxing Live Panic, pregame party. Panic over Zhang. <laughs> Never in a yes. million years would you ever th- hear those words uttered. That's why it was one of the best parties ever. Uh, obviously, we're just kidding. It was a fun night, but yeah. Um, Canelo PBC was on on the list that I put on, on this Google form. That got a lot of votes. Tank King, uh, the KO of Ryan. The moment when he hit him with that body shot and he went down, that was the biggest event of the year so far, uh, and it was the biggest moment. Um, so, yeah, moment of the year. You could probably add a whole bunch on there uh, in terms of stuff that happened in the ring, but, but for a moment, I'm thinking of, like you said, Chris, like it's not an event. It's like something that happened maybe outside the ring or something that captivated boxing Twitter or unified boxing Twitter. And to me, it's the announcement of Spence Crawford finally, like, oh, my God, it's happening. And then a week later, they're, they're facing off in L.A., and then they're here in New York. And, damn, it's really starting to sink in that we are getting that fight. I'm going to go Canelo PBC signing. Because, Huge, too. Ca- seismic. Because, because it's, yeah, exactly. Because it, it, it has a, a longer-lasting effect. It's not one event. It's a multiple-fight deal. It's a three-fight deal. And it opens up so many possibilities that, I mean, I was very excited. We did an emergency pod that night. I had a margarita for it to celebrate. Like, so obviously, I thought it was a big deal. Right. Everyone at the office is, uh, are like, hey, I saw your, you did like emergency podcast. Like, what happened? I was like, well, it's like literally the nerdiest boxing business thing ever. Like, Canelo went to another promotion. They're like, oh, so what, what's the big deal? I was like, oh, it means that he's going to fight like the people we want to see him fight. And it's a business thing. And, and like, people are like, yeah, they, they didn't really fully oh. get it. While we're on this topic, um, before we move on to our, our next one, Canelo Spence discourse. Like I feel like we're riding this bus of the of Canelo Spence, and like me and you are the captains, and and you're going as as far to say that you think that Spence could give Canelo problems. Now I don't want to speak for you, Chris. Problems doesn't mean he's going to win. He just could no. give Canelo a good fight. And I just want to say that I'm seeing a lot of people just dismissing this fight. They're they're replying to my tweets. They're I see it all over Twitter. This is not a gimmick fight. This is not like a crazy catchweight. Yes, I know they're separated by three divisions, but look at Spence. He is a big 147-pounder. He could potentially fight at middleweight today. Canelo's a small 168 guy. They meet somewhere at 165. I'm talking down the line. A lot of things have to go right. 
Like Crawford has to, um, he has to beat Crawford, Spence. And even if he loses a close decision, I still think it can happen. But to th- to say that PBC didn't at least offer Canelo or, or or say, hey, part of this deal could be a potential super fight with Spence in Texas at Jerry World, you're crazy. And it's not that crazy of a fight. This fight's actually been in the making for a number of years, which is it's so funny because when I first brought it up, again, the interviewer looked at me and dismissed it. He like almost laughed at me. He's like, he asked me, he's like, who do you think would, you know, could give Canelo some trouble? And this is when Canelo was like mowing everybody down. It looked unbeatable. I said, Spence, I mean, just stylistically the way they match up. And I've been in the ring of both guys. I sparred Canelo and I fought Errol Spence. And I'm telling you, it's, it's not a ridiculous fight at all. You know, everybody's like, oh, but the size, nah, the size isn't that different. It's Canelo shorter than I am. And uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, he, he really whittles himself down to 147. He's going to be stronger at 54 and 60. Oh, by the way, Spence spars with the Charlo brothers always has, has spars, the guy spars with light heavyweights and cruiserweights. So, uh, you know, the size thing isn't enough for me, yeah. but when you look at where they're at in their careers, I think this fight actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Canelo, um, power declining, uh, skills declining, still damn good. Like a lot of things have to go right. Like, if, he just doesn't throw combinations really anymore. Right. And, and like, what are you going to, you're going to knock Spence out one punch? That's what I mean. Okay. It's it's a kind of an even fight because it kind of like Canelo's declining skills, just, just growing older, kind of makes it more of a, of a, a sellable fight in terms of in the ring. And I, I just think that if, if Spence keeps moving up, like we think, even that rematch with Crawford has to happen by the end of the year. Even if it doesn't, like it could potentially, the second fight could be at 154. And then we're looking at Spence just gradually moving up. And then you're looking at Canelo taking his fights at 168. And then by the time, if Canelo can get through some of the guys at 168, which is not going to be easy, then we, we can potentially see this fight. But to say it's like, oh, just to oh, write it off, it's, that's great. It's really not. That's really not that crazy of a fight. All right, yeah, a year on. from now, the, a year from now, this is going to be a, a very different conversation. Yes, I agree. Let's go over to Network of the Year. This one's an easy one for me. Showtime. Me too. They're putting on just, yeah. they're just blowing them away. Even Eddie Hearn came out and said that, listen, this is PBC's year. This is Showtime's year. We had a great year last year. I want to do whatever it takes to try to overtake them. I actually love that uh, quote from Hearn. Um, I don't like all the bickering between Hearn and all the promoters and Oscar and all that. Uh, but it's it's not even a debate. 40% of our viewers... Um, Pick Showtime and 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 they it won the fan vote. I mean, let's look at it. Benavides Plant, Tank Ryan, Spence Crawford. Are you kidding me? Those are three of the biggest fights this year. Not to mention all these like championship boxing, uh, Showtime championship boxing cards that they've been putting on. They're doing a really good job, like U.S. market. Yeah, I, I agree 100. I mean, it, not only is this going to be PBC's year, so is next year, especially with the signing of Canelo. If you sign the face, face of boxing, you're, you're you're taking the driver's seat for for being the the, the matchmaker, the, I'm sorry, the promoter and the network. So, yeah, I got Showtime too. Also, like, ESPN's having a, a very good year. They're just solid. ESPN. Always a good. I mean, they're always solid. They're oh, they always, they have always, every year is good. They put on good fights. Right. They don't put on a lot of pay-per-views. Yes, Haney Lomachenko was a pay-per-view, but it was 60 bucks. And yes, I understand. Even when I ordered it, it was lat. There was something wrong with the audio and I was really pissed off. Um, but mo- for the majority of their fights are on regular ESPN, like Tiafimo. Uh, versus Taylor was on regular ESPN at 10 p.m. That's huge. You can always count on ESPN to give you like a nice, uh, either whether it's ESPN Plus, which everyone has. Um, in a way, Fulton this year will be on ESPN Plus, yeah. which is huge. So I would say Showtime. Also, won. the the, the cards of uh, the ESPN yeah. fights are good. Yeah, the, the prospects. Top Rank has done a really good job of of filling out their their prospect their prospect group mm-hmm. and they have some really, really solid guys and they, they stack those cards at all their prospects. So it, you get a full, you get a full card of action of good fights with ESPN. Like you said, they're always solid. Yeah. I would say like Showtime gives you the biggest events 
ESPN gives you the fullest cards or like top to bottom. You're going to get like a, a prospect, a must watch prospect right up to a good main event. Uh, and then the zone, I feel like the zone just has, it's just there. Like everyone has it and uh, it's very accessible and they're more of a global thing. UK fights and everyone has their pros and cons when it comes to uh, networks and, and promoters, which is our next category, and it, and it goes right in line with networks. I mean, it, it, in, a, in a business where our networks are exclusive to promoters and vice versa, obviously you got to pick PBC. Uh, 42% of our listeners uh, running away with it. We just talked about the fights that they're putting on and the fights they're going to continue to put on. They have their hand in literally everything. Like even if Wilder goes and fights in the Saudi thing, like PBC's involved with it, uh, Fulton in a way, PBC's involved with it, and all the big fights we talked about. What are some other promoters that th- this year that you, you uh, you know, first six months that you, that caught your eye? I mean, Matchroom's always a major player. Um, you know, Matchroom USA only launched a, a couple years ago. Um, you know, they're, they're, they've been fighting the key up. They had they had Canelo. They're 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 always planning on doing big fights. Um, I love top rank. You know, I think that, like I said, we spoke about the. the I, I really think the top rank is is ready setting themselves up for the future because the 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 bank of prospects that they're they've collected recently they got like all these tough new york guys like the bruce carringtons and yep. these guys coming up like doing really good tiger johnson's another really really exceptional guy um you know so i i think that they're they're setting themselves up for the future they're always thinking the long game with top rank so uh, i i love the way that they do that i think it's really healthy for the sport that they are able to flesh out those 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 lighter divisions those those prospects those guys coming up um and they match them tough so when they actually get to that point, they're going to be ready. Yeah, for sure. A golden boy, um, you know, was part of the biggest pay-per-view of the year uh, with Ryan Garcia. They have Virgil Ortiz. They have Jaime Munguia. Um, they're always going to be around. Uh, they had some of the better matchmaking. They're always putting fighters in tough. They're not the biggest, uh, you know, promotional outfit, but they're in the mix. And and then there's like, you know, the Queensberry there's the Bella Entertainment. There's Thompson Boxing. There's a lot of these small ones that don't get a lot of shine. It's really hard to compete with these top, these behemoths. I, I mean, look at yeah. look at Lou DiBella, who's a very close friend of mine, and you've known him forever, too. It's like mm-hmm. he has to try to compete with some of these other other um, promoters, and they just can't. Like, he doesn't have a TV deal. It's, like, really hard to, to be a promoter or Dimitri Salida. Like he's got Kalisha Shields and he's got some other guys, like, but he doesn't have a network, so you're not you're not guaranteed dates. It's really hard. Well, those level of promoters, it's always like getting where you fit in. And there's just a lot less places to fit in now. So, um, yeah, it's it. But also there's their streaming. So you're able to, you know, get get on net, different networks, make your own networks. Like ProBox TV is another one. Like I'm, I'm here right yeah, of now. Of course, ProBox. Like they, basically, they basically just started. I mean, they're not a promotion. They're, they're a network. And they basically just started their own network. Because you can do that with streaming. Yeah. Um, you know, they, and... You know they, they have a they have a lot of capital to make it look super legit and, and look like the big guys, but you know it's a smaller, newer operation. So um, I think with the the technology advance and what we're seeing now with with streaming and networks, and I, I think there's a there's more of an opportunity for a lower level of entry for these these other promoters and networks to to come up and eventually be something. But it, it takes years. It's, it's like yeah. anything else. Top ranks been around for 50, 60 years. So. Yeah, you got overtime getting into boxing. Um, you got which is cool. Yeah, Very MVP, cool. uh, which I worked with Jake Paul getting into boxing prospect shows, legit boxing shows. You got um, a lot of pro box, too, and show box. So you can make a case that the sport's very healthy in terms of club shows, and hopefully that continues because I think it's really important. Uh, which is great because COVID almost killed the club show. Oh, but it killed the scene here in New York. 
Yeah, we're we're we're, we're back. Yes. You know, like the, the and club shows are so important. I, people at home, club shows are are like smaller smaller events, smaller venues that usually put on local talent. And it, basically, they're 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 to build to build your guys, you build your your stable. And the local guys will sell tickets. That's how the promoters usually make money. And they 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 get their their fighters and their prospects fights. Um, and they build them into hopefully eventually becoming something on the world stage. But I mean, for the local scenes like New York, I mean, the club shows are everything. Yeah. That's where we, that's where we, that's I grew where we, up, you know, man. I grew our, up on Broadway. That's where we boxing. cut our teeth. Yeah. I grew up that's on Broadway. Boxing. Yeah. That's, yeah. It, it's got to come back. Uh, let's get into the bigger categories. Here we go. Fight of the year. This one was the closest mm-hmm. of all the listener votes out there. I personally like Haney Lomachenko. Uh, in terms of skill level, it wasn't like an all-out brawl. It wasn't a Gotti Ward, but if you're going skill for skill, and I'm not going to let like the decision like hamper what was like a really good technical fun fight. Um, Haney Loma, I, I just can't. When I look at some of the other ones that are listed, that one just sticks out to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was a that was a fantastic fight. Um, I've always said that I spoke very highly about that fight because the level of skill and also just like how hotly contested it was. I, I really enjoyed the fight. I know everyone it was marred by the by the the, the decision or the idea that it was a robbery, which yeah. is absolutely insane and, and pisses me off because you can't have a fight that's that close and call it a robbery. Like it could have it could have legitimately gone either way. I mean that night in in the room I scored it a draw. Um, so it's just it's just one of those fights. Um, some other really good fights. I mean, the Mugia Derfichenko fight, which just happened. Yeah, that was a good fight. I mean, but it, there was ebbs and flows. There's back and forth. It was a late round knockdown that got the the, the victory for 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 Mugia. But um, I'm trying to think, Lara Wood was good. I'm gonna go with Navarrete and Wilson. I love yeah. a good knockdown, drag out, back and forth fight with knockdowns are all over and a stoppage at the end. I that, Controversial. that, that for me. I mean controversial too it's just like you know like it was it was a fun fight it was an unexpected fight i think that matters too you get you get a little more bang for your buck when you're like whoa what's going on this guy's not supposed to be doing this and he's you know dropping navarrete every 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 turn so i think that was uh, a lot of fun i and, and navarrete's always been a fun guy but i think now that he's in these higher weight classes he's actually you know in danger yeah, <laughs> he used, he's to, fighting, he used uh, to not care getting getting hit it's now he's getting dropped by guys who aren't punchers so um yeah, that, that that that's my pick for fight of the year. Navarrete uh, Wilson. Navarrete is officially fighting Oscar Valdez August twelfth on regular ESPN. Another great ESPN fight. Uh, some other good fights. Oh, well, first of all, Mangia Derenchenko won the listener vote, but it was super close. Oh, Better okay. be of yard came in second, right behind it. Do you remember that? That fight was January, which is got to go was a good fight. really far back. Uh, Neary versus Crazy A. That was a uh, zone awesome. Thursday night fight, which they were just banging. And then um, awesome Lara Wood won, was back and forth uh, until um, uh, Lara knocked out Wood. Or Wood was winning, excuse me. And then uh, yeah. Lara had the, the Hail Mary, sort of say. Uh, good fights this year. Wrong I mean, though. these are all awesome fights. Uh, I, just Haney Lomachenko sticks out to me. You can't go wrong with any of these fights. Um, but, yeah, that's that. Uh, we didn't do um, women's fight of the year uh, because there just hasn't been a lot. It's more of backloaded this year. Like just in July alone, there are a lot of women fights. Bumgarner in action, Sinisa Estrada, uh, Savannah Marshall, uh, Franchon Cruz, Desern. But if we did a fight of the year for women's, it's hands down Amanda Serrano, Erica Cruz. They broke every record, oh, blood, yeah. guts, uh, featherweight records, just standing I in the middle of the ring. <laughs> February 4th. Yeah, they go, once again, you got it so much. It's a week to week sport where you kind of, you got to just think about what's happening last week and then next week. But if you go back to February 4th uh, theater, 
Um, I actually caught up with Amanda Serrano and her her manager uh, at the MVP show with Jake Paul, and the manager was like, "We, I told you it was going to be fire. That guy's nuts. I told you it was going to be fire of the year. And just they broke all sorts of records. And so Erica Cruz, Amanda Serrano, would be hands down women's fight of the year. Serrano's another one that I think as she gets a little up there in age and the talent gap starts to shorten, she's going to be in good fights all the time. You know, the Katie Taylor fight was awesome. This food, this fight, which other than her manager wasn't expected to be that kind of fight, and it was. Um, so we might see some of the best fights of Amanda's career now that she's a little older, a little bit longer than the two, made some money now. But good for her. She's earned it. She's been she's been a stud for a stud at for uh, a number of years now. <laughs> I think um, um, a Serrano should I wanna, fight Bumgarner. Was that? Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. You go first. Um, well, I was going to say an honorable mention for fight of the year, the females was, uh, Alejandra Guzman versus Ramla Ali. Mm. That fight was awesome. Back and forth. Ramla came out to an early lead and you just saw Guzman who was shaking off some, some, some rust hadn't fought in a while. She's coming off an arm injury. You saw her just slowly working her way in. She, she knew the game plan overhand yeah. rights to punch overhand rights to punch. And it just keeps missing. And then she lands it and then she lands it again. Ramla's still tagging her. She's coming in. She's cut over the eye. She's bleeding all over the place. Then she then she wobbles Ramla. Boom, boom. She keeps hitting her with the right hand. Keeps finds the timing for her. Finds this. Then she finds the left hook, and gives one of almost could be arguably one of the one of the best knockouts, one punch knockouts uh, of the year. And it was by a woman in a woman's fight. So that was not that kind of that was a good fight. That was a, that was a uh, and Ramla tried to get up. You know she she fought like a you know a warrior. No mm-hmm. one can ever. Uh, ever doubt that she is a, a, a real fighter now, even though she's coming from the modeling world. Um, but yeah, that was that w- that would get honorable, honorable mention. For, no, for, for sure, females to me. That's got to be discussed too. Uh, it's a little incomplete of a year for, for women's. Like last year was like the year of the women's fights. Um, I still think there's time for the second half of the year for some of these bigger women fights uh, uh, to go down. But definitely, um, good shout out uh, for for that fight there. Well, July we have a bunch of good women's yeah, fights. So right, yeah, yeah, you can, it's an incomplete year for sure. Um, let's go over to performance. No, sorry. Women's performance of the year. Um, this one is an easy one for me uh, and it was an easy one for our listeners, our viewers. 44% of our viewers selected Chantel Cameron's upset of Katie Taylor. Yes. Um, over in Ireland, no one thought it could happen. I picked Chantel Cameron. I just wanted to put that out there. This is not about me or my picks, but I want everyone to know. I picked Chantel Cameron to win that fight. She went into the lines then, Chris. She went to, to Ireland and and went, won a decision. And it wasn't like a, you know, a gift decision. It wasn't like a controversial. She went in there and beat Katie Taylor. And props to Chantel Cameron because I think they're going to run it back and she's going to make even more money. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think because of the magnitude of it, like taking Katie's O, um, you know, being an undisputed fight, uh, the fact that it was an upset, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's the clear winner. And it was a good fight. You know, it was, it was a good fight, so... Yeah, Serrano obviously in the mix too for her win over Eric Cruz. Bumgarner uh, went undisputed this year in that February card. Uh, she's back in action. Uh, expect to see a lot more women's fights uh, second half of the year. All right, we're into performance of the year. Male. This is uh, a loaded one. We saw a, a, almost every big superstar from 130 to 140 fought this year. Um, we saw some great performances. Give me yours, Chris. What's your male performance of the year? Tiafimo yes. Lopez, Josh Taylor. We were ringside for that. The fight was awesome. It was unexpected. Tiafimo put on a virtuoso performance against a very, very tough guy who came to fight. 
and he just broke them down round by round. And he just, I've said it before, when you've got two high level guys in a ring like that, um, it's, it's, it's whoever can get the first step. And if, as long as they keep adjusting and stay ahead, they can make a, a very, very difficult fight easy. And Tiafimo did that night, that night. I mean, it was, it was beautiful boxing. It was a great display of power, endurance, explosiveness, speed, uh, a ring savvy, discipline, chin. Josh cracked him with big shots. Tyler walked right, uh, Tio walked right through it. Um, and then it was just like the fact that everyone was writing him off. 21 experts were asked. 21 experts picked Josh Taylor. Really? They didn't ask me. Yeah. Tiafimo, Tiafimo gets the win. Puts on an amazing performance. Comes back and is now the man at 140. Um, retires immediately, but I don't know if I really believe that. But yeah, that's that's my performance of the year for sure. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, 40% of our listeners, uh, it, he ran away with it. Everything you said, Chris, you said it beautifully. Uh, he didn't just dominate. I mean, he didn't just beat Taylor. He dominated him. He landed 40% yeah. of his power shots. And he kept Taylor to just 23 punch attempts around. We're talking about Josh Taylor, who's one of the more active guys at 140. Volume guy, yeah. Volume guy, and he was bewildered. He didn't know what to do next. And Tiafimo just uh, he took every everything away from Taylor. And yes, that one the biggest chef's kiss on the end of it is that no one was really giving Tiafimo a chance. Um, I didn't. I picked him for a parlay, but I I still was very. You talked to me before that fight at the our pre-fight party. I was like, yeah, I picked Tiafimo, but I don't know, man. You hear you see some of these interviews. Uh, Taylor looks pretty pretty loose during the weigh-in, and uh, yeah, Tiafimo did the damn thing. Um, obviously, Devin Haney came in second um, uh, with his win over Lomachenko. You have Javante Davis in the mix for what he did beating Ryan Garcia uh, pretty soundly. Lee Wood uh, for his. Second performance against Lara when Lara came in seven pounds overweight and Wood takes the fight on three months notice after getting completely iced. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot been a great a lot of good performances in the first six months, and I'm expecting a lot more great performances in the next six months. Um, so let's kind of um, well, I don't want to be negative, Chris. We're a very positive show here, right? It was a great year. It's one of the best six months boxing has had in a long time, but there are still disappointments. This is boxing, after all. Like, <laughs> There's always going to be something that leaves us scratching our head or saying, cursing the sky. Um, my biggest disappointment uh, is the heavyweights, and I think you would agree with me. We hadn't one significant. The heavyweight title was not contested for the first six months of the year, and we don't have anything on the books for the second six months. They're all dancing around each other. We're talking about a Saudi fight. The entire heavyweight division taking a massive L for the first six months of 2023. Yeah, which is very upsetting because at the end of last year, it looked like we were going to get a ton of great heavyweight fights. And, you know, I always say that when the, when the heavyweight division's healthy, boxing's healthy. But the good thing is that the lighter weights have pulled up the rear. And we're having a great year. And boxing is very, very healthy, even though we're missing the heavyweights. Right. In spite of it. So if we can if we can close out the, the year and get some heavyweight fights to go along with all these great lighter weight matchups, I mean, this could be the best boxing year of our lifetimes. Oh, for sure. I mean, like it really is. And I I've seen some people clapping back or commenting on, on Twitter or whatever, and it's like, Well, how can you say it's such a great year if the heavyweights aren't fighting? I'm like I just well, I'll illustrate it for you. Like we're getting huge marquee fights with with marketable guys at one Devin Haney, uh Tiafimo. Ryan Garcia, Javante Davis, just go Shakur Stevenson. Like you, those are marquee names, and they're all starting to fight each other, or at least circling each other. Yeah, I would love to see the heavyweights fight each other, but they 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 operate in a whole another stratosphere, Chris. They they this the latest is, I want to get your opinion on this is even more frustrating. Is Andy Ruiz wants 50-50 split with Deontay Wilder? 
I don't think Andy DeVries deserves 50-50. I think he has some market value, but not as much as he thinks or his fans think. What do you think Ruiz should ask for in a, in a Wilder split? Yeah, 50-50 is uh, out of control. I mean, Wilder is a, is a massive, massive star. You know what it is? Uh, Andy made that Joshua money. And a lot of times guys get stuck at a point and they, they refuse to, to take a step back. And really, he, he's been so inactive. Not that Wilder's been active, but Wilder's Wilder. And, you know, he's going to be the draw. He's going to be the A-side. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hate splitting it way too much, but 60-40 would be fair and, and very, very fair. Um, and honestly, I mean, 70-30 wouldn't be crazy. Um, but 60-40, I think, is probably the best way. Here's my thing. If Wilder is lined up for that fight with Joshua, right, in December, Wilder does, could easily just sit out. So he has a lot of leverage with Ruiz. He can say, hey, Andy, like, I don't exactly need to take this fight. I want right. to make, make some more money. It's a dangerous fight, too. Yeah, it's a dangerous fight. I want to make some more money uh, while I'm still, you know, in my whatever. I'm still active, 37 years old, uh, Deontay Wilder. But he can easily say to Ruiz, like, all right, you know what, 40%, 30%, all right. See ya. Like, I'll just wait. I've been waiting. For, I've been barely fighting as it is, Wilder. I'll just wait for Joshua and sign a huge deal with the Saudi money. And when you look at Andy Ruiz, what does he have lined up at the moment? Nothing. Like, Usyk is probably going to fight Fury at the at year's end. I don't even want to get into all that. But, I mean, there's not a lot of people knocking on the door of Andy Ruiz. So maybe 30 to 40% of a split with Wilder is going to be seven, is going to be more than 70% of Ruiz versus Wilder. I don't even know who else is in the heavyweight division for, for him to fight. I mean, I don't know what – I understand negotiation. You ask for 50-50, maybe they'll settle on 40. But I want to see Wilder Ruiz. That would be an awesome end, like summer fight, early September fight, like Staples Center. Are you kidding? That's going to be blockbuster. Yeah, well, that's the game you play with when it comes to negotiating. Like you risk losing the opportunity, you know, and – you know, I, I guess Andy Ruiz is willing to do that, but I mean, we'll see how far it goes. Because listen, we're talking big money, we're talking heavyweights. So even even forty percent of whatever whatever that nut could be is is big money plus what you can earn with a win. Because yeah. the winner of that fight is getting a massive, massive matchup and payday. That's another reason why Ruiz should take it. Like you can beat Wilder. Like it's not an unwinnable fight, and then all of a sudden you're in the mix to fight in Saudi. Like you're all of a sudden back on top because he hasn't had a significant win since 2019. Uh, so that that's just in a nutshell, like that right there. That negotiation is just like why. But also, even even a loss. Look at look at Dillian White versus um, Franklin. Franklin lost the fight. Yeah. He got the Joshua fight. Right. So it's like, yeah, you, you don't even necessarily have to win. Right. If you fight fight well, you still might get that payday. You still might get that opportunity. So listen, uh, pricing yourself out at this point is is silly. Maybe he just doesn't want to fight. I, I don't know what's going on yeah. through Ruiz's mind. Like he's popular, but he's not 2019 Ruiz. He hasn't done anything since the win. He's literally fought Chris Ariola and Luis Ortiz. And he got dropped in that fight. That right. was very surprising. Like, what are you doing? To the man? right hand. What, what does Wilder do well? Another <laughs> disappointment for me is Dimitri Bivol not getting a fight <laughs> in uh, the first six months and has nothing on the horizon. Unfortunately. That one hurts my heart. Does because it's, it's 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 for a stupid reason. It's for a very, very stupid reason. And that's it's not fair. And You're talking about the uh, better BF stuff? Um, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about Russian stuff. Right, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, so like you know, like not having an athlete fight because his country's at war. Like, come on. Well, on top of it too, it's like he kind of bungled the Canelo thing. Well, if Canelo wanted the same deal with Bivol, and Bivol said no, I want I want to rework the deal because I'm I beat you. 
And then it ends up where Canelo just goes to the PBC. Who knows if Canelo really had intentions to fight B-Ball again. I, I think that Canelo came to his senses and they were like, listen, buddy. Or his team was like, you're not going to beat him. So go yes, to 168. That wasn't, that, that wasn't the fight. Right. So, But B-Ball ends up, moral of the story is B-Ball ends up with no fight in the first six months. No Canelo rematch. Uh, the better be a fight, which you were alluding to, with all the nonsense going on to WBC. Uh, there's nothing on the horizon for him, and it sucks because he is, I think, top five, top seven best fighter in the world today. Um, mm-hmm. So that sucks. And lastly, biggest dis- disappointment for me is the poor judging and refereeing. Uh, it's more refereeing than judging. Like, we're seeing bad stoppages. We saw one just this weekend um, with that Lara Adamas fight. We saw the Barroso, Kenny Weeks, or not Kenny, Tony Weeks. Um, a ton of bad decisions uh, over the first couple of months, but the refereeing I feel like has been egregious for the first six months in big, big fights too, where everyone's watching, which is not great. Yeah, my, my biggest disappointment of the year is is, is Rolly Romero as a world champion. Rolly Romero and Barroso is is an absolute mar on this sport. I mean, it's terrible. Yep. The, the way that 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 fight was taken from Barroso, who at forty years old, that was his last chance to be a world champion, a guy who. And in, in, in another era or another opportunity probably would have been a world champion. A very, very tough guy. Fought the best guys in the world. Came up just short many times. And he had his last chance to be a legitimate world champion. And and that was taken from him. And literally, it was taken from him. He was winning that fight. Uh, that stoppage was insane. So that that's my biggest disappointment. And then on top of that, we got Broly Romero, who's a weak champion in a really tough division, which is annoying. Yeah. For sure, that was a that was a black eye. He can't go six months without having at least one or two black eyes in the sport. And that Barroso stoppage was one of the worst stoppages we've seen in a long time. And sadly, nothing's being done about it. We've moved on uh, to the next big fight and and all that. Let's predict the future, Chris. End of the show. Um, looking to our crystal ball. Um, I got a fun one. Chris Algieri fights one more time. Pro box. We uh, we got. Uh, I mean, I. Th- as busy as I am, I don't know. I can barely string three days in a row in a boxing gym. So I'm never going into a fight not in don't break my optimal heart, shape. Right, well, well, this but, is just uh, my 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 prediction. Let me, Chris Algieri fights one more time in pro box. He knocks a guy out with a liver shot. Me and Ronnie walk him into the ring. He's wearing a JM on his belt on his uh, waistline. Puts the guy in the canvas. Not only that, he, after the fight, Chris takes his gloves off like the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Puts him in the middle of the ring. He retires. Ronnie's sobbing at this point. Everyone's crying. Chris's brother's there. His nephew's like comes in the ring and says, Chris's nephew's a great amateur fighter here in New York. Chris's nephew goes, I got next. I'm going to carry this Algeria name. And then we all start crying. Everyone's crying in the pro box arena. Chris goes out of champion. That's my prediction. <laughs> I want to see that happen. Damn it. Oh, your mic. Oh, God. Go ahead. Roll credits. <laughs> that's that's a great movie. That's a great movie script you just wrote. The Chris Algieri movie ends. Like I'm getting Listen, stranger eyed. things have happened in the career of Chris Algieri and in the and, and in the world of boxing. So anything anything can happen. Well, th- with this prediction, like you can control it. Like you can actually do that fight. We can't control some of the other predictions I have. So it's up to you, Fair Chris. Enough. Want to fight Fair again? Enough. I um I'm gonna go with the prediction that. I'm going out on a limb here, but I think we're going to see these these big heavyweight fights. I think I think maybe by the end of the year we might have a unified heavyweight champion. Wow, good one. I mean, it's a stretch. Well, like maybe not at the end of the year, year, but but within you know end of the year, early next year. So I that, think that that pretty much what that you fight. mean is that Fury Nusik will fight this year. 
Yeah, because Usyk's going to fight this summer. I think Fury, once Usyk fights yeah. and if Dubois. Usyk wins, Fury's going to come back and he's going to be like, Someone else is getting attention. No, I'm the champ. You know, like he, I, he, he, that, that his personality is going to come out and and force him out of hiding. Right. That's what I, that was one of my other ones. Is that Wilder Joshua, Ngannou Chizora will happen in Saudi Arabia, but the Fury Usyk like fight. fight. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. The Fury Usyk fight will not happen in Saudi because Fury will not allow himself to be part of uh, share the spotlight with other heavyweights. But Fury Usyk will happen on a different card, either in December or the first quarter of 2024 uh but there will be big heavyweight fights by the end of the year uh, and my other one is that canelo is going to get knocked down versus charlo he's going to win and then they're going to agree in principle uh to a benavidez fight for the following may it's, you know benavidez will be in the ring or whatever and they'll show him on this board that's all i got ronnie you got any predictions what do you think of the year we've had You've really been in in the mix. Like you're now a new boxing fan. You got to witness yeah. the best six months we've seen in like 20 years. I mean, that's just my luck. It's, <laughs> it's a pretty cool sport. Prediction? Uh, another inside boxing event. Yeah, oh, wow. That's another one Ooh, we can. We, that's another yeah. one that we can control and will happen. We're gonna yeah, go on. I'm, a I'm very tour. excited for. Honestly, I've, I've, uh, I'm looking forward to the next one already. I want to do a event where our last event had. We we're on our way to a fight, so it was like a pregame. So we, we all walked over to the garden. I want to do one where the fight is actually on. And it would be great for like an afternoon, big heavyweight fight in the UK, like a 5 p.m. start, 6 p.m. Mm. Eastern start, wherever at Jack Doyle's. And it's the fights on every screen. And me and you are like on the mics and we're like calling the fight, people reacting to like, uh, you know, what's going on in the car. That would be an absolute scene. I love that. I love that. I mean, And, and listen, if you want that to happen, it will. Yeah, we're certainly on that trajectory. So uh, it's been a good first six months. Uh, I think no signs of stoppage uh, for the next six months of, of big fights. Anything Anything else, Chris? Uh, you got anything for us? No. This is a, it's a good episode. We covered a lot of a lot of good things. And, uh, I dude, I got a smile on my face because boxing's healthy. And you and I got a job. So that's, uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. <laughs> right. To work in boxing <laughs> is, is a hard thing. And uh, we look forward to many more great nights. And our year-end episode in December, where we can go back and look at our predictions and laugh at them. If they were wrong, maybe we got some right. Oh, as always, keep your hands up at all times. Protect yourselves at all times. And we out. Oh, yeah. Stay out of those DMs. 